Welcome to Primetime Flies. This is a this is a podcast where I, I corner 101ers on a, on a Zoom call, and uh, I shower with them. I shower them with the praise that uh, that I've been watching this stuff a long time for to give them. Uh, this is the this is the creator of Fat Duck and so many other great shows. But uh, I'll let him talk about his. We'll go through that bibliography <laughs> of 101 greatness. Um, but the bottom line is, and the first thing I'm going to say to you now is, thank you so much for the joy and entertainment that you've created for me, and I'm sure many, many others with your work on oh. that ended up on this website, man. Oh my God! Thank you so much. Uh, hi, uh, MC Griffin. You were chatting with me. I, I'm assuming here. Correct me if I'm wrong, but on the day after your birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yesterday was my was my birthday. You don't look a, a day over 31, sir. <laughs> yeah, I just turned uh, I just turned 37, but it's uh, it's the first time I've gotten to celebrate with people uh, in in quite a few years now because the pandemic. Uh, no, no, no exaggeration. The pandemic hit like as far as when things got locked down. It was like two days before my uh, my 35th uh, birthday party. So wow, uh, yeah. So that was uh, 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 or 36. We, we, uh, yeah, thirty fifth, um, and uh, 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 so so this feel this has felt like like finally feeling okay to have like a select few you know people yeah. in my orbit, uh, which was which was nice, uh, and then ironically, I'm literally uh, recording a, another like podcast like 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 right after this one, so that's right. Uh, you know, it's a it's a when it rains it pours situation. Well, I'm. Say say hello to everybody at Midnight Kids Studios when you, that's where they do it, right? Yeah, I will. I will. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing. Um, I mean, it, w- it would have already aired by the time this is out, but I'm I'm doing that's real true. life sci-fi uh, well, later today. I saw that and I, I thought, like, if I if I fucking edit this fast enough, I, I could get it online before <laughs> before the RLSF podcast goes online because I think for podcast subscribers it goes up later. I mean, for mm. people who watch it on shrophomevideo.com, it's it's going to be a uh, Live later tonight from the perspective of our, I'm getting really, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm cross-eyeing myself, but like, it's, I love that podcast. I love those guys. I, I know you go way back with them. So like, uh, that, that's going to mm. be fun. I'm, we're we're going to be talking about, about, uh, uh, integrating, uh, brains with like computers and the internet. Uh, so that's either something that your listeners will have already heard and enjoyed or something for them to look forward to, depending on, on how hard you work, I guess. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's already happening. <laughs> like, uh, like uh, do you find yourself? I, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but do you do you find yourself referencing uh, the amount of your like output in the day as bandwidth? Yes, absolutely. And it makes sense, right? It just yeah. does. <laughs> yeah, I like uh, although spoon spoons is a cuter way to put it. Uh, uh, I like uh, uh, I like I like measuring things in 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 uh, uh, like I don't know uh, it, it was something that I um, uh, I, I have a game that I'm developing and, and and crowdfunding right now and that's how we that's how we um, uh, instead of having health points you have spoon points and the and the idea of being like well yeah when you're out of these you're not dead you're just done <laughs> you know because <laughs> that that idea of like of like being out of bandwidth I felt like tracked more with my experience of life than like having health points you know what I mean nice. like like if I, I didn't get hit once today and I feel like I'm at zero zero health points so <laughs> it just feels like it doesn't really you know totally work uh, whereas spoons feels more uh, something I can connect with. Uh. Uh, 
Yeah. And we, we got bandwidth too. Yeah. You know? It just, yeah. It just makes too much sense. And is that good or, or bad? I, who am I to say? <laughs> uh, listen, you have, you have um, a wonderful wealth of work that you, that you animated on and did so much more for um, on channel one one which for me has been .com over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's really good stuff. And I want to talk about that and, and you as an artist, but can we, can, can can we can we talk about this game? Because I'm like, what is that all about? I sound oh, like I'm being yeah. phony, but like, because yeah, I knew about the a game before, and I, I we, we we have to talk about this because yeah. video games are awesome. And yeah, uh, oh, this is actually this is actually though this is a tabletop game. This is a uh, uh, like a tabletop RPG. Well, now I sound uh, like it, even more of an because you said game, and I just assume <laughs> video game. Of Everybody, course. I'm yeah, I'm, you know I'm terrible what? at podcasting. I, well, and, and, and I and I love video games, and this does like implement like video game mechanics, and it kind of borrows a lot of like visual sort of imagery from from video games and and trading card games, in that it's sort of like a like a Pokemon like kind of monster collecting game, but instead of being a card game or a video game, it's like a tabletop RPG, like <laughs> dungeons and dragons, but instead of just fighting, you know, a, a dragon or a, or a, or a beholder or a fucking, you know, jelly, jelly cube or whatever, uh, owl bear, whatever have you, you can like befriend them and catch them or, and hang out with them. And, and, right. uh, 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 I'm presently crowdfunding it. And like, so we, we can, we can spin back to it later, but Please. the one thing I, I do want to at least mention now is that as a little like crowdfunding sort of bonus for people who want to give a little more, I have something um, I've been promoting called the Comfrendium, which is a, uh, a, a like a like a bestiary expansion. Like uh, there's there's almost like um, uh, an additional half as many as in the base game. Like there's going to be fifty familiars. The, sorry, the game's called Fatal Familiar. <laughs> Probably should have said that up top. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, you know, familiars being the creatures that you can collect. And uh, one thing pertinent to the 101 thing is a bunch of the people who are donating familiars uh, to add to my little Confrendium uh, expansion are 101 people. So oh. if, like Will, like Willie and Wade have have uh, uh, creatures in it. Mike Chillian has a creature in it. Um, uh, you know, Demorge Brown, uh, Brian Weissel, like friends who I kept, even though I haven't done a 101 show in like almost 10 years, I still am, am part of that. Uh, of that community, it just, you know, it, it, it kind of spiderwebbed out into other projects. And, um, you know, nothing that I've ever collaborated with with any of those people has anything the fuck to do with tabletop games or, or anything like that. But I still wanted to kind of get all of the kind of like creative friends that I've, that I've, you know, been, been lucky enough to collect over the years involved in my thing. So, yeah, if your audience wants to check that out, it's on Indiegogo, it's called Fatal Familiar. It's a it's a tabletop role playing game. If and if they love one on one stuff and they want to see you know they, they want to see this like talking butthole that that Wade came up with, they can you know hit me up uh, or hit up that and you know drop uh, drop fifteen bucks on it um, or whatever, <laughs> how, however much. Uh, and, and but yeah, like so we can we can spin back around to that. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, if I'm good at my job producing this podcast, uh, if yeah, if you send me a link, listener, you can you can click on the link in the episode notes for this podcast and it'll be there. I, I, and I want you to know, listener, that I may not play tabletop games as much as I should. And what are tabletop games, but like video games in analog, which is, you know, think about that concept. I'm mm-hmm. kidding. <laughs> um, 
I just want to fucking own that to own it. And I'm sure mm-hmm. it would be uh, super fun. It, it doubles as a nice little art book. You know what I mean? It's going to be like the game is done already. I've been, I've been play testing this thing for the last, uh, uh God, uh, well, we start, I started development in, in 2016. So it's now been six years that I've been kind of just developing and developing and developing it. And it's just this year that I'm like, you know what? I don't want this to be just a thing I do with my friends. I want this to be a thing I, I, I can share with an audience. So, um, that, uh, uh, that has been my focus for the you know the, the last couple of months is trying to get this thing in a place where it's not just a set of rules right like like I'm a visual artist myself so mm-hmm. from my perspective I don't know you know I if, if I didn't know me I wouldn't think I could design a game but I know I can draw so if nothing else if people aren't interested in the in the game part of it it's full of dumb art like it's, it's full of just like you know like like ridiculous comic booky like over the top stuff um uh you know anyone who's familiar with my one-on-one work knows that it's like a little obscene a little a little fucking rude and perverted or or whatever and uh even though the book isn't like the book ultimately at the end of the day is something that should be appropriate for pretty much all ages it's still got like that kind of slightly uh 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 uh, yeah i I don't want to say like edgy or irreverent but like you know like 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 the the it's a little excessive and that's good, right. which is how I like, that's how I like to do things. Um, so, you know, so, so that I can do things like have like, you know, talking buttholes or like, you know, really over the top kind of like pin up character designs or, you know, like, like r- ridiculous sort of, uh, uh, you know, borderline blasphemous creatures. Like, you know, like I, I have a creature in the game that's like a little sort of like, like cherub, like a, like a little angel baby, yeah. but it's also made to look like a biblically, accurate angel too so it's like like a little it's like a little baby angel but also has like you know a bird's beak coming out of one side of its face and you know a friend of mine actually when i showed a friend of mine the cards they compared them to um garbage peel kids and i was like you know what that's actually great i'll I'll fully (laughs) take that uh uh, that's not what i was going for but like yeah like like there's a there's a garbage pail kidsiness uh to this i think maybe right well personally i i i never want to like tell someone who they are but like i as far as like resonance as far as like like you know what when i became an mc griffin nerd uh i i can't time stamp it but it you know 10 years um but it's like um i'm someone who grew up uh in love with things like who frame roger rabbit cool world and and whatever heavy metal comics like or magazines i could find at comic shops so like for me the first time i saw like actual alien control or the suits or fat duck i'm like i i know this is gonna be sound weird to say but it's kind of like oh he he gets me it's almost like he he makes stuff like for me (laughs) oh thank you so much uh yeah i i definitely um i feel like like uh if you're if you're of a certain age you're you're kind of in this like in this in this perfect little air like little realm where like you know gen x is now old enough to be making their own like television and media uh so you're in that weird kind of stage where like where like the people who were being sort of hyper advertised to within your lifetime are now the ones doing the advertising so it was stuff like yeah like aeon flux 
the Max, um, you oh, know, yeah. image image comics stuff in general, like all that, all that shit that's like really, really trite and sort of like a little embarrassing in hindsight now is is fully the stuff that I grew up very fascinated with. Like like when I when really? I was a kid, I was big into like Mortal Kombat, big into fucking yeah. uh, uh, you know uh, uh, Spawn or I mean not oh. not like big into it, but kind of peripherally sort of like <laughs> fascinated, you know, with this shit that like I wasn't really supposed to be looking at. Uh, right. Uh, you know, like stay, staying up late to catch a glimpse of Aeon Flux or to like be sort of like mysteriously intrigued by the Max, which now is like one of my favorite things ever. Um, I uh, uh, definitely, uh, when I was a kid, enjoyed that kind of, you know, more like sort of funny, dark, edgy stuff, but, but, but by which I mean, like, like it, it, it was trying to be adult, but it was too immature to be, to, to interpret adultness as anything, but like excessive and rude. Yeah. Um, and I love the aesthetic of that, but, but also I did, I did love Don Bluth, you know, uh, movies. I did love Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, it got especially Who Framed. I love Who Framed Roger Rabbit enough to be to look forward to Cool World and then be disappointed that it wasn't like <laughs> as you know good. You know what I mean? Like where you yeah. just want something even kind of like it. Like you're not you don't you don't even want to experience it as like this one sort of thing. Like you like that thing so much. Be like, oh, this is just, this could just be what movies are now. Maybe movies are going to have animated characters in them for no reason all the time, which did end up becoming like that. But in my head, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the fucking chipmunks movie or whatever. It was, it was, um, how, right. how in last action hero, there's like an animated Bobcat for no reason. <laughs> like, like I right. love shit like that. Oh man, I love it. Well, I mean, I just found out not too long ago that you and I are like within six months of each other, as far as like, I was, October 84 so we we share that weird thing where like I I just feel like I don't know for sure but like I feel like at one point in our lives we were Gen X like the later yeah. Gen X and then they just moved the fucking goalpost and now we're right. the elder millennials so we're, I, we're not really yeah. anything yeah I used I thought I was Gen X like 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 until the until I was almost out, out of out of uh, uh I remember I had graduated from high school to learn that I'd been I'd been upgraded to millennial and now I find out that they actually moved the date to, to the, the cutoff date all the way to um, nineteen eighty. So like <laughs> if you so 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 now it's like me and people who are like older than me, which is wild because like because like you said, I I just assumed for the longest fucking time that the cutoff was nineteen eighty five. That kind of barely squeaked in, um, but uh, uh, I, I you know it's appropriate they change these things because your own personal cultural touchstones is what's really supposed to be, you know, uh, meaningful for this. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm fucking dating somebody who's three years older than me and they're, they're sometimes more of a millennial about shit than I am. So, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, it really is what you're, what you're kind of like fascinated with as you're, as you're growing up, the things around you that end up defining you. That's what, that's what generation you're in, you know, cause, yeah. cause the meanwhile, I, I know some millennials who are Gen Z, you know what I mean? Like, like, like we're like, <laughs> You're too, you're too fucking into like, into like, like, uh, 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 like TikTok and, uh, like, you, you, you know, certain video games or, or, or whatever, like, like the, the time, the time spent on, on, um, uh, uh, playing, playing, uh, uh, Stardew Valley or whatever. This is Gen Z shit. This is not quite, you know, this is not quite the, the millennial trope. Um, uh, so yeah, simply that's funny to me. I know a boomer who's a zoomer. Um, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I, I mean, if uh, just more for more reference, I'm I'm trying to get to know MC Griffin here by talking about myself, and I'll move on from this. But uh, for you, just just for me to you personally, 
the illustration that I offered my grade eight yearbook was um, a pencil crayon illustration of the violator from Spawn, yeah. the movie. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> that, that was some cool shit. That was some really good CGI in that Spawn movie. I the, the the one of my favorite again talking about comics that I came upon when I was a kid, which which again were are like now are like embarrassing, but at the time, you know, being like a little fucking, you know, eleven, twelve year old, whatever, be like, oh shit. Um I, I always think about uh in the comic, Violator getting pissed because he pulled Spawn's heart out and it didn't kill him. And he just he's just irate. He's like, he doesn't need his fucking heart. You know, uh, and I, I thought that was like so. Th- not that he did the thing, but that he wasn't like a suave villain about it. Like I, I love that he was like um, that, he, that he that he had a tantrum about it. That, that he was kind of like a, a little angry kid that this that this thing was made that didn't need a heart. Maybe he still needed one. Maybe that was the upgrade that he right. didn't get or something. Like the idea of this like angry like demon, but he's like petty. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, uh, and and here's the thing, like that stuff, th- those things, like. Like those comics and, and these things that I loved, like being being aware that they're maybe a little bit um, uh, immature or embarrassing uh, doesn't mean one that you can't enjoy it, or two that you can't like learn things from it. Like I, I feel like with any media that I enjoy, the the quality of it, or like if it or how successful it is, is so much less important to me than like any. Like, like, like the, you know, the entertainment value or like the intellectual value or whatever, like it's so secondary, especially like, like when I'm, when I'm watching something, it's it almost always like trying to kind of like pick it apart and understand what makes it good or what makes it bad. And, and to try and work it into my work to the point where like, if I'm watching something with like other creatives, I can't help myself. I have a hard time like not talking about like the ideas and stuff in there. Oh, yeah. Um, so even if something is like silly or uh, not great. If there's even like a kernel of something that I like, I, it just I, I, it sparks like this desire to pick it apart and understand what makes it work or what makes it doesn't work or what what makes it doesn't work. Um, yeah. what makes it not work? Uh, and uh, uh, you know whether whether I'm able to do that in my own work is a different conversation altogether. Um, but uh, uh, I, that's uh, uh, you know that media from when we were kids. I I, th- I feel like we grew up in a weird dead zone when it comes to like really quality pop culture, you know, cause not that there wasn't great pop culture in the nineties, but I feel like we just came out of the golden age of like, of like, you know, Spielberg type, like family films. Like, like yeah. we have all these, like this like rich sort of like family entertainment, uh, uh, history where like, we're like in, in our past was like ghostbusters and turtles and shit. So we get like, we get the, the, the sanitized TV version of that that's made to sell toys. And then like in the future is everything like, you know, like from the matrix and, and on where things yeah. got maybe like a, a little stupid, but, but ultimately, and then, so we're like right in like, like the era of like the crow and, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, like Venom and Carnage, like that that era in, in comics where suddenly everything had like teeth and blood and titties and it, it's all just like excessive and 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 uh, uh, you know th- th- this 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 idea of, of like of like seduction of the innocent goes from being a thing that like people talk about in like in like hushed tones to now it's like well yeah obviously you just put as much blood in that video game for children as you fucking can and <laughs> if anyone asks you like well we're not really we didn't really make it for kids you keep your kids away from it and the kids are like no I don't. Don't keep that away from me. I will buy it myself. I will hide it under my covers. Um, and uh, uh, 
those are my those are my touchstones. But then as a result, what's funny about that to me is as a result, I can't connect with anyone a little bit younger or a little bit older than me. Where it's like, well, my framework is like is like you know this vi- violence, profanity, and and like you know like edgy sexual content is 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 the framework for my like understanding of pop culture where everything was trying to be as rude as possible. Everything was trying to be fucking like you know Ren Stimpy and shit, yeah. uh, uh, and that was the only way that you could make anything. Um, uh, that seemed to resonate with people, uh, which is which is, is which is interesting because most of my friends, especially in one on one, are people that are older than me that are part of that you know Gen X uh, thing, and uh, 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 there there is this like disconnect of like what I'm used to versus what they're used to because for them they create stuff that is that is uh, uh, transgressive or audacious, and I'm like, well, then, then I'm the person who who was influenced by that, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> You know, especially which is wild too. Because okay, so I'm gonna hit you with this. I grew up reading Scud comics. Like I was a Scud fan. Like I was fucking. Uh, I met Rob, uh, uh, who I who I collaborate with on the suits. I met him as a kid at comic conventions, talking oh, to damn. him about the comics of his I loved that I was defo too young to be reading while I was having these conversations with him. Yeah. Uh, but but it was cool still getting to to meet him. Obviously, you know, obviously, and then years and years later after I became a, you know, adult with my own fucking perspective and shit, uh, started making stuff and then we ended up collaborating. Um, but, uh, uh, it's, it's wild kind of knowing like, okay, like on one hand, this is my collaborator who I have to sometimes, you know, kind of sweat things out with in order to finish this cartoon. But like not that long ago, I was, you know, he, he, you know, I, the way I draw and the way I kind of interpret, you know, interpret things, uh, this dude, you know, contributed to that. So it's this weird sort of like Ouroboros thing. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. I didn't mean to, sorry. I did. It, I hope you didn't feel cut off there. Um, no, I, I hope I didn't derail. I went on a little bit of a rant there. Oh, I, no, I'm here for all of it. I, I definitely, um, in 95 to probably 99, I, I was a regular wizard reader. So I definitely, mm-hmm. my, my introduction to Scud was that I don't know if all the local comic shops had it, but if I ever like, I think I just got one issue like the month it came out and it was issue four. It certainly is a very special beast that, that a lot of people have since missed out on, but like those who, uh, who find out about it still are thrilled by it. Yeah. I, I remember going to Captain Nemo comics in San Luis Obispo and I was real young and that was my first exposure to like, uh, well, that's not true. I, I, I'd seen comics. I'd seen comics that my friends had, you know, and borrowed theirs. But like Cat Nemo was the first time I went to a place that like had a whole wall of like, you know, black and white underground comics. I think I got in there right at the tail end of that movement, like the, the sort of the, the sort of black and white indie mm. comic movement that would start with Turtles and then kind of start with Turtles and, and Tank Girl, yeah, and then bolstered by like Giant Homicide Maniac. And Scud and um and and, and honestly uh, manga too. I, th- I think that those two things, you know, manga and indie comics, created a context that kept each other alive. Um, because you know it, there was this idea that if it wasn't in full color, um, that who's going to give a shit? And I and I think that, the, that those are two movements that kind of got to borrow energy from each other because no, these are printed in black and white and they're made by small teams, not big companies. Um, and, uh, I remember, yeah, going to, going to Captain Nemo, uh, comics in San Luis Obispo 
and uh, getting a fucking pizza from across street and going home, being like again like 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 eleven or twelve, and just having this like stack of like wild shit, like uh, you know like 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 stuff stuff that felt pulpy and almost like forbidden. You know what I mean? Like, like the, when me and, when me and Schraub did the suits, we did so under this like, like fake company name called a uh, uh, robotophile, which is both a reference to, uh, that's both a reference to the Scud fan film that I made that even got me and Rob to, to, to meet. Um, I wish we can get into that in a sec, but, yeah. um, but, but it's also named after this, uh, thing in, in, in the first like Scud comic I read, which was, uh, a little story about what this, one of the characters, the studio having a, an affair with her robot Butler, um, which, uh, which, which again, like, like kind of blew my mind when I was, when I was a kid. Cause I was like, Oh, you can just draw this. Like you can just fucking tell this story. Uh, and no one's going to come and take your crayons away. Um, and that was, uh, uh, like pretty, pretty, um, that was pretty influential uh, to me. So it was cool. You know, it, it was, it was cool that he wasn't weird or didn't try to hide the fact that he was working with somebody who started out as like, as like a fan of his. Cause I think he was also aware that I wasn't out here in LA trying to be a Rob Schraub fan. I think, I think he could tell I was trying to also just make work and happen to, you know, like his stuff when I was younger. Um, but uh but yeah, that was uh, uh, that was how he and I uh, did initially meet. Was I entered his Scud fan film contest, and when I won it, he um, he sent me an email being like, you know, because he had like like prizes and shit. He wanted to send a bunch of um, uh, uh, illustrations and stuff uh, that that he had just kind of had. Um, and, uh, I gave him my address and he was like, Oh, you live down the street. <laughs> so instead <laughs> of him sending them to me, I just went over and hung out for a little bit. And then that turned into, you know, uh, uh me, me getting to come over for like script reads and stuff for projects he was doing. And then that turned into when I eventually started doing one-on-one shows, he hit me up to do the suits, which was, which was, which was cool. Cause at that point I already done like three pilots by the time he hit me up to do, to do the suit. So it, it didn't feel, it felt like I'd earned it. It didn't feel like, uh, I was getting some sort of weird favor because I won this fucking contest. <laughs> um, there's just so much. I, I, I'm sorry to be like both in the conversation, but like also nerding out. No, please. Um, I feel like you're someone who would have had the, the kindness to, to hang out with me as a kid. Cause I didn't have a lot of friends, but like mm. co- comic books were my friends. Like when I was um, hanging out, and I, you know, I, I wouldn't even want to say this to someone like you as an actual illustrator, animator. But that was like the thing that I did. Uh, create create characters and. Um, oh man, no, that's not that, that's that's normal stuff. Like everyone everyone does it. I think that uh, I think that um, you know it's almost uh, presumptive to then. In, in, in a way to then go and try and um, do it for, uh, for a living. Uh, but uh, here I am. Uh, I think it's, I think it's, 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 uh, you know, it had in this hypothetical situation where we got to hang out as kids, we'd be influencing each other's work and stuff. Like I, I still, I still have characters and stuff that I draw now that have DNA from friends in, in middle school, friends in junior <laughs> high, friends in high school, you know, and, and it, what's cool is putting out work, and, ha- and seeing that they see it and then being like, oh, that that's, you know, like uh, like with my game, for example, there's elements of it that uh, 
are borrowed from um, this card game that me and my friend Steve made back when we were like, you know, like 9, 10, 11, something like that. And uh, uh, he hit me up when he saw the, the thing where he's, he's like, that feel that, that there's some stuff in there like from our game. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> which, is, which is again, crazy. Cause I was like, you know, that was, that was when I was like literally a child, <laughs> you know, but there's still, there's still little pieces of, of all of that stuff. Uh, I think it, you know, I think about like a, like a snowball, you know, some ideas you kind of keep in the back of your head and let it accumulate and kind of build momentum uh, until eventually you're ready to, to, to make that, that snowball into a segment of a snowman. Um, It's uh, you know, it's not too late, dude. You can, you can still make cartoons and shit. Oh, I'm, you know what I'm loving. I also passed through music for 10 years and a singer songwriter, but like the most home I've ever felt as a, creative person has been in like creating and storytelling with uh, frequency 101 hell yeah hell yeah a, I, know, so, I know i know it works pretty much exactly 101 except it's a podcast <laughs> not a screening obviously which right. was which was a godsend during the during the the pandemic it was it was one of those things where i was i'm i'm that i'm the rare lucky one who was like very very employed during during the pandemic right. like like to, to the point where like I was, I was having a hard time finding time for much for much else other than work <laughs> which i know is not the common experience when it comes to what was up with the with the pandemic ironically now now that it's it's not uh ongoing or, well i mean it is still but like but like now that it's dying down now that people are feeling more comfortable getting out there of course now i'm like broken unemployed but during the pandemic i, I was very busy but i kept seeing posts about frequency 101 being like fucking Soon, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking slip in there and and make something, you know, like hopeless. <laughs> make make something, make something that will not uh, that 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 uh, typical of me will not do well, but will definitely, you know, it'll at least spark a conversation with somebody, you know. Hey, it's a me, Mario. Love Channel 101, but hate looking at shit. Try Frequency 101. All you gotta do is record an audio pilot, make it five minutes or less, and submit it to SubmissionsInChannel101.com! The listening audience will vote for the favorites, Mamma Mia, and the top five shows will return next month. And don't worry, it's all audio, so you won't have to look at any flop dongs. Frequency 101, you won't have to look at any dicks or buttholes. I should go back and just binge every episode of that, honestly. <laughs> uh, m- m- I mean, that's what I did with 101, much like yourself. I, I was aware of it uh, all through college. And one day, I remember being I – was, I was working this office job where I was working the front desk, and no one ever came in. All of the communication was done in either meetings or on the phone. So, like, my job was mostly to, like, sit at a desk and – do not much else. So right. I, I just housed like the whole archive at the time, which obviously is much bigger now because uh, this would have been like 2000, uh, like nine around yeah. there. Uh, but just making a fucking meal out of like, like, you know, every episode of the boo, every episode <laughs> of fucking computer man, every episode of, of uh, Twitter's holiday. And like, you know, all the fucking, all the failed pilots from that, from that, uh, uh, you know, to, to the point where I still have, the we didn't do the boo this month song <laughs> stuck in my head <laughs> most weeks like now you know that's a good song mm-hmm. um and i want to apologize i just remembered this when i was on as like a guest co-host on the serpent through time podcast i'd never heard your name said aloud before because my nerding out has been on the website 
me alone in a room when mm. I'm watching 101 on a website. So my guess was it was Mick Griffin. Like I right. thought it was like a, a crime fighting uh, Happy Meal sort of thing. Um, right, right. Like, like like some sort of like crime fighting creature, but like instead of a dog, it's like a bird. <laughs> it's like a bird lion. And he, but he's got like the petticoat and the, the yeah. hat and, and, and magnifying glass. And he's telling you not to like uh, start fi- start fires or whatever it was he did. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's MC. It's a family name. Uh, my, uh, my, my dad, a lot of mics, uh, worked for my dad. My dad was a mic. So, uh, you know, everyone kind of went by their initials. He was, he was MA. So I was MC. Um, plus it kind of vibes with the art thing, you know? I mean, I'm not that, I'm not like a serious enough, uh, draftsman to feel like I really earn like a, 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 an MC Escher corollary or whatever, but like, I don't know. It just, it always seemed to fit. And Michael doesn't feel like my name. You know what I mean? Like, right. like I, I've never, I've never liked Michael. I never like Mike. Sometimes I go by Griff, but for the most part, yeah, MC is what people call me. Nice. Um, sorry, th- that was a moment for the listener who's listening to the first unedited one. That was me going like, I'm just enjoying hearing you say that, but I, <laughs> I wasn't prepared to keep talking after. But that's good. Okay. You mentioned Twigger's Holiday. I just want to shout out that that is the coolest not animated thing that feels like an animated thing. Oh, like, yeah, I mean, dude. I'm sure there's animation in it, but it, it's like live action, but it feels like a cartoon. I'm like, I don't feel like I'd seen anything else before that ever anywhere that accomplished that kind of vibe. That's Rob Schraub, Drawless Animation. A huge, huge influence uh, for for myself. Um, not so much, I mean, I don't do as much of the like paper craft sort of, uh, you know, cardboard mancy that, uh, that Schraub does, but understanding how much you can do with multimedia and compositing, like, like I can tell you for sure that that show, um, I mean, even though I, I'm sure Rob would hate the comparison, but, but, but Twitter's holiday, uh, Ringwald and Molly, those influence fat duck a lot. Like, like right. the idea that you can kind of present things in this like very multimedia kind of way. Uh, uh, you know, I love, I love mixing sort of, uh, like, like live action and animation and, 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 and kind of making things be in this like uncanny sort of like, like unreal space. Uh, where there's no pretense that you're that you're seeing anything but like a fucking like living metaphor and Twitter's holiday is all that like Twitter's holiday is a fucking tone poem and it and it, it, it is it is it is uh, it is as uh, Rob Schraub as his comics were in that like he's gonna be weird he's gonna be nerdy he's gonna he's gonna be excessive but there's always this like almost sort of like like uh sarcasm to it this this kind of like uh sort of unearnest energy that ends up going full circle into very earnest where when he flips it on you and shows you something genuinely emotional you're in such like a childlike space where you will just accept anything because everything he's showing you is so unreal even the performances in that are so like over the top and like I said, almost kind of like sarcastic, like, like somebody, somebody like, like reading their lines, like they're reading lines, you know, that when you get to like these like gut punch moments, like, like the, like the moment in Twitter's holiday where like, 
you know, he, he where he asks his mom, who up to that point has been, you know, uh, Holly pl- playing this, like, fucking smoke show, like, you know, hot mom character. And he asks her if it ever gets any easier. And then, like, for, like, one shot, it's Rob's actual mother saying no. Come on, man. That's, that's, too, that's too hurtful. Don't hurt me like that. Like, that <laughs> show is so heartbreaking. And, and I think more than more than a lot of uh, the other uh, stuff that Rob did, that resonated more with his comics. Uh, to me, anyway, that felt like, that felt like this is that same added spice of melancholy that makes things like Scud work. Is that like, you know, yeah, yeah you show up for like the pop art and the blood and the, you know, um, the, the jokes, uh, but you stay for, um, the heart, something, yeah, for the, for the, for the heart. And also like, you know, you know, you know, that if you hang out, you know, the dude will hurt your feelings and, and that, 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 that can feel good, especially in places where you don't expect it. You know what I mean? Like, right. like, like people, you know, like pe- people read berserk for that reason. People fucking, uh, fuck with, uh, 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 uh you know, I'm, I'm sure I could think of, 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 of another, like, like something like nowadays, like Steven universe, right? Like, like you, you oh, need yeah. that. You need that element of uh, of emotional realism uh, uh, for people to accept um, ridiculous sort of sort of um, uh, sci-fi comic book premises. I think really to really, really resonate, you can make the world that your story exists in as over the top and crazy as you like. But if the characters aren't responding to things like real people, no one's going to give a shit. And and I think that that uh, that that's what. Uh, uh, sort of attracted me to his work more than anything. And that's definitely how he influenced my stuff. Um, so even you get, you get stuff in one one that I, you know, that, uh, uh, or, or even in my non one one stuff, like I did a show called hell, uh, that, that even though it's not a one-on-one show, it's very, it's very akin to the stuff I've done for one-on-one. And, uh, I did two episodes of that. Um, there was a third, but, but my life kind of, turned upside down and I ended up having to bail on the third one, but there, there, there were two Take episodes. Take it easy life. I'm trying, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm trying to make hell here. Yeah. I'm trying to pray on Right. It's almost, yeah, it's, it's almost like I, like I, like I, like I summoned, I summoned it or something. Like I, I invoked, <laughs> I invoked the idea of perdition, uh, and, and then like ended up creating a situation where, where my life became too complicated and too stressful to, to, <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. make a show that was that was that had the way the way that I had to make hell because of how it was made was to basically bolt myself to my workstation and like not leave that like the same spot for like three straight weeks and it wasn't anything I was getting paid for it was you know it was the the, the project was of my own creation I, I just wanted to see it made and it had an audience and a platform um uh but uh but but the main feature of the show even though you know, again, with my like, with, with my being influenced by stuff from the '90s, like Image Comics and Spawn and shit, it, it you know, it's very again, it's very edgy. It's very like you know, titties and blood and stuff. But every episode has this like core of melancholy to it, and I was so sure it wouldn't resonate, and uh, and it did. It's it's other than other than some of as far as my animation stuff goes, other than like. Yeah, honestly, that's it, it's still uh, you know uh, it's still the thing that people hit me up about the most oh, yeah. privately is is this show uh, Hell, um, which uh, which again not a one on one show, but it is like my one on one shows. Like it, it's it has the same sort of um, kind of 
a tone whiplash uh, where things will sort of go to to really earnest places. I, I don't know if I don't know if they do that successfully, but it definitely resonated with the Tunocracy audience, which is where um, Hell was posted. So if people want to look that up, uh, okay. Yeah, I, I Hell, was wondering if it was on Hell your on YouTube. Uh, it's not on my YouTube. It is on the Tunocracy channel on YouTube. Uh, and one day, one day, maybe I'll return to it. There's actually a few, a few hell characters in Fatal Familiar as familiars. Oh, you're um, selling me on this game. Yeah, good, good, good. Um, uh, I mean, no. What, what am I saying? You've sold me on it. Uh, oh, good. I, I, I'm, I'm so, I'm so glad. You, you've never played D and D or anything like that. No, I, I, I just, I think of it as cool peripherally. I just mm. haven't myself. Uh, participated no have you no one, were you ever no like a harmontown fan oh yeah all I'll, the way through <laughs> awesome hey everyone i need to just add this a little bit for context here i just cut out a bunch of crap where i tell mc the story of how i got into 101 it was for him you've heard it and at the end i was talking about the the impulse that we nerds have to be aware of credit connections and uh we come back in here yeah yeah the, the, I, I i fully can connect with that with that impulse for sure especially uh it gets even more intense when you become a um, part of the industry because then you know, ne- next thing you know, you're like looking through the connections and then you start like, it, it turns into playing three degrees of, separ- of separation with yourself, which <laughs> is never that. how it starts, <laughs> yeah. never how it starts. And you always have that moment where you have to check in with, with like where, where it's like, am I being, am I being, uh, am I being creatively curious or am I being narcissistic right now? Because um, I saw a friend of a friend on this project and now I want to see, you know what I mean? Like that shit is, uh, yeah. is uh, uh, good, Just, good and bad. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, what are you watching? Well, <laughs> yeah. Have you watched the Mighty Boosh? Well, right, um, right, right, right. It's or, it's it's impossible to like to like it. You, you can feel like a real name dropping asshole in those moments. You yeah, know, just, like even if it's just you and yourself, like mm-hmm. thinking about it. Like literally, literally, just just uh, uh, <laughs> my girlfriend was telling me about the show that that she wanted to show me, um, and uh, uh. uh She's referencing a scene where Derek Water that, that Derek Waters is in, and she's like, "You know, Derek Derek Waters from Drunk History." And I, I, I was like, "No, you mean Derek Waters from the Suits?" And like, I, I, I was being funny, but, but even even then, I felt like the biggest prick in that moment. Like, 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 uh, 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 no, I don't really genuinely feel like that's the best touchstone for Derek for for the dude's fucking work. Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, if anything, it, it makes you just really proud to be a part of that community, right? Because you, um, uh, you, you know, it, it tends to, for whatever reason, bring in really brilliant people who, you know, you'll 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 meet them when they're kind of you know just kind of hustling any kind of script, any 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 kind of project, uh, pitching and stuff, and then fucking like it, it's always just a countdown to like when you see them, you know. Uh, uh, get get the kind of success where you can fucking like you know name drop them or or, or whatever uh, you know uh, uh, it's uh, it's cool. Uh, I just watched all of um, uh, Guardians of, of Justice, which which on top of just being yep. like exactly my kind of weird shit, it was cool seeing fucking you know Derek Mears, yeah, playing a character who he was who who the kind of character that you want to see him play where he where he gets to be, you know, his like adorable self, you know. Um 
And uh, uh, yeah, feeling a lot of pride, you know, like, like on top of just, it, it would have been a kind of show that I would have enjoyed anyway um, uh, for all the reasons that we talked about for the fucking, you know, excess and multimedia and audaciousness of it, you know, but also like, Oh shit. Like there, there's this, this person who, you know, like, like we're not fucking homies. Like we don't go to the movies together or shit, but I, I got to, I got to, you know, I got to make his lifetime achievement award. I got to hang out with him on the, on the Sarah Silverman set, you know, like he's a really, uh, cool dude. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's, it was cool to see him. I mean, he's done other, uh, like shit, you know, oh, he yeah. gotta be Jason Voorhees, but like compared oh, me, to, oh, compared to awesome man, like who gives a shit? Like, I, I, like, yeah. like that's so much more the, the guy that I know him to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I did. I, I will say I, I, I wouldn't want to meet the character he played on Twin Peaks, the return, but like, oh, that was, yeah, right. That was deadly awesome. And of course have his face smashed in by none other than Kyle McLaughlin's character. Then that's yeah. fucking dope. Dude, that's not even. Uh, uh, I went. To, I worked at a video store, uh, and still and still talk to sometimes the guy who uh, carries around the coffee, and that Josh Fadum. Uh, oh, so yeah, so that show that show was surreal because I, I definitely wasn't watching it. I, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to engage my you know my uh, 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 industry curiosity when I was watching. That. I was watching it as someone who likes Twin Peaks. So it was funny being like, okay, this is a different experience now. Uh, you know, when I was when I was younger, this was a very far away thing. But now it's like I know that person. I know that fucking person. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, which is uh, uh, cool and weird and surreal. Um, sometimes, uh, sometimes you have to leave your, uh, nerd hat at the door with this stuff. Um, cause, cause you can't be out there geeking out when you meet people. You can't be fucking, you know, losing your mind, uh, uh, over, uh, meeting your heroes. Cause, cause, uh, it, well, cause then they act weird yeah, and that's no. not your fucking fault, you know? So, <laughs> so you're like, well, I, I either I'm going to feel bad for being honest or I'm going to you know, bite my lip and be chill and treat every person that I definitely know, not like I know them, you know what I mean? Not, you know, not know personally, like, like, like I'm not, it's, this isn't like a thing, right. uh, uh, you know, but, uh, and it turns out that's, that's the right thing to do. It turns out that actually, yeah, you should probably always definitely treat people like they're people and not like, you know, and not put people up on, on pedestals. Um, well, sorry, no, please. Well, like, like first of all, I gotta mention, like I'm, I've I've strayed away from this interview so many times to just nerd out with you about stuff, and that that's the thing. Like, there's a time and a place for it. Like, mm-hmm. um, and and shout outs to to Abed because it's like we'll, like, do, do you got ten minutes? We, we, we I just can do a creative thing with you, but we'll talk for hours about stuff that we like. Um, yeah, and it's, and and the thing is, like, yeah, the, the, there's a part of me that, like, you know, over the last ten years has. Uh, ingested or re-ingested Toon Wolf and 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 Googie and actual alien control, which is one of my favorite of yours. And of course to, really? to, to talk to, to MC Griffin is like a it's like a thing for me. But at the same time, um the most important part of my admiration of you is gratitude for the fact that you've brought me joy and entertained me and and probably like everyone on 101 has influenced me in some way so it's like that's that's more of a personal thing it has nothing to do with like oh uh that sycophanticness i don't know if that it resonates with what you just said oh i mean also the context is is obviously that we're doing a podcast i i, oh, I sure. uh, uh you know i i like just you end, you end up getting it getting into situations where like it you know it's it's, it's like it, it can be like being on a date where like <laughs> like 
you you're no, no one is doubting that you're enthusiastic about being in, in the situation that you're in but yeah if you're at a party or something it's it's it might be time to kind of you know uh curb that a little bit but yeah on podcast oh, yeah. man we can we can both fucking nerd out like you know like 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 the half the stuff i told you about like my relationship with shrobs work he hasn't heard that out of my fucking mouth like because but but if, we, if, you, if you were to put that you know, if you're, you're going to put us into a podcast situation, oh yeah, dude. If I was like interviewing him on 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 some show, all of those defenses would drop, all of them in a, in a fucking heartbeat. Like the Kevlar would just come off, and I'd be be there emotionally, just naked in my boxers, being like, "Can I fucking talk to you about how meaningful this was to me?" And you know, like like it's it's uh, 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 for me for me the biggest lesson of navigating this place was that thing of like of like. You know, you have to live in both worlds, right? Like, because because your nerdiness, it might be the fuel in your tank. You know what I mean? Like, like, like it, for for me, that's certainly the case. Even though I try not to make stuff that's grounded solely in pop culture fixation, right? Like, I, like I, I don't want to ever, you know, do nothing but pastiche. But the the pop culture that I grew up with for sure is a big touchstone, and definitely what fe- it's what feeds me. You know, like when when people can't be there for you or your job can't be there for you you know you can have stories and that is a you know that is a big motivator and sort of source of momentum for me uh to the point where you know like if i'm taking a shower i gotta have a podcast on or, or something like that um and uh uh but but again i live in the i live in the world where all the storytellers live I have to pretend like I don't, you know what I mean? Like I have to pretend like I don't feel like I live inside their imagination, you know, every, every other day, uh, uh, especially when I meet my heroes or, you know, which, which has happened, uh, a, uh, very, I'm very lucky to have gotten to work with a lot of people that like kind of helped shape my, my youth, uh, and, um, uh, or, or even just hang out, you know, like mm-hmm. my first, my first gig in animation, uh, was working at fucking development at Disney, which a lot of a lot of the time I spent there was just you know hanging out with Paul Rudish in his office, fucking you know sipping whiskey and like you know sharing inappropriate sketches and shit, and and, and it's not you know uh, that's wild because that dude that dude fucking you know worked on uh, on uh, uh, you know Batman animated series and Dexter's Lab and all this stuff. And I'm just kicking it with him talking about, you know, gay day at Disneyland and shit. <laughs> and, 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 uh, 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 you know, um, uh, be, being a little blue in the office because, be, because we, we, we grokked about each other, I suppose that we're both like, you know, uh, uh, okay with kind of, with kind of, uh, uh, Risking. Being a little bit well, you, well, but but also like specifically at Disney, like there's something about right, that right. <laughs> specific kind of transgression um, uh, where, where you you feel like you're fucking defiling the place, like like uh, uh, you know when I first showed up, they have they have these like big statues of the seven dwarves. I felt like I was I didn't belong there. Like I felt like the, the dwarves were going to like come alive and excise me, like a like a uh, you know a um, uh, antibody rejecting a virus or something. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like, like those, I don't, I'm not owed that experience. There's nothing about, you know, who I am that, uh, that deserves to do shit like that. And it certainly was no reflection on my work. We didn't even work on the same project. We were just in the same like department, but, but like, or, or, or at that same job, my boss was also my friend, uh, uh, who, you know, uh, uh worked on like shallow and showdown, which is this sort of, uh, you know, bizarre combination of American cartoons and anime. Um, 
uh, and, uh, uh, you know, th- th- this almost sort of like guilty pleasure because I was watching it when I was for sure not part of the target demographic, but I was so fascinated by like its embrace of serialized storytelling despite being this like goofy cartoon. So when, when eventually that was like, you know, the first, the first job I'd gotten, that's wild. But what's even crazier is I got that job from working on channel 101 stuff and not even my own stuff. I got that job from doing an animation on um kate freund's show uh the legend of white tiger yeah and that working on that show is what got me my first job and it was at fucking disney which is still crazy by the way (laughs) like like i felt lucky at the time i don't i didn't i didn't really fully realize how weird it was for that to be your first job in the industry until later on when i worked in other places and gone oh disney's weird in, in hindsight like like when that's your only context it feels right we're like oh yeah this is working in cartoons um of course but then like in hindsight it's like oh no actually it's a it's a weird place and it has its own stuff and nothing else is quite like working there uh 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 in, in good and bad ways um but uh but 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 101 dude it it, it gets you so m- many eyes on your stuff which which is whatever if if uh you know, if you're just if you're just doing it to to network and stuff, you're there for the wrong reason. But if you're yeah. doing it to impress people, you know, if you're doing it to if you're doing it to show what you can do, you're there for the right reason. Which is which is a slim distinction, by the way, but but it fucking matters. <laughs> well, well, like just to go to to what you said before about like you know like working at Disney, I, I'm I'm sure there are people working like McDonald's corporate offices going like, what if people found out that, like the stuff is made from fingers? Like right. you know, but um, and, and I I don't I I just assume that in on some level happens everywhere, no matter how how much clout the 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 company has or, but oh um, yeah, w- w- there there's no there's no finger finding. It was there was just a very <laughs> different there was a, it was very it was very odd where being in a place where like the corporate culture was so pristine, but you're in creative, so everyone that you're working with are all like funny weirdos who yes. you know like bullshit about like about like obscene stuff but you know that you're kind of like in despite despite that despite how your dynamic is you're kind of part of this like bigger organism that is not like that you know yeah um uh but yeah uh anyway i'm sorry (laughs) tangent over i guess (laughs) and that's what i call a show a show called heaven (laughs) right Mm -hmm. um no that's uh well, I, I yeah, as I mean, in my experience in the Zoom or it, the Zoom in the pandemic era of of getting involved in in one on one, in my case, frequency, I feel like there's a healthy mix of all of it. I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like it's good. It's a good reason to to I, I might also just be uh, um, uh, saying stuff and also regurgitating stuff that that I've accumulated. But it's a mix of embracing failure. Right, mm-hmm. it's a it's a it um uh, getting better at what you do, uh, and yeah. ha- having to let go of what you're doing in order to get better on the next thing that you make. Yes. instead of just trying to continue perfecting one thing, you know, each episode of the suits you had you had to, you had to like live with episode one and just apply what you knew later mm-hmm. on on episode two and and so forth. So it's like, but also like feel like the network networking thing is just natural it shouldn't be what you're there for exactly yeah and i, and I do th- i do think people there are some people that go for the wrong reason for sure yeah um but the uh uh yeah to what you said about about the suits uh and kind of having to commit to to to, to uh 
to plot lines, uh, Derek, Derek's character, uh, Razorback, was killed off in the first episode just because, I mean, we didn't know that Derek was going to play him. Uh, we didn't know he was going to look like, you know, that show started with Rob's script, and then mm-hmm. I did character designs based on that. Um, and then we kind of casted for who had the right vibes, and Razorback ended up being this, like, cool-looking dude uh, with this, like, mechanical faceplate. Um, he also, uh, spoilers, uh, dies in the first uh, in the first episode, but but he wasn't like a character necessarily. He you know they were all just kind of soldiers with appropriately soldiery dialogue in, in the script, but because Rob had uh, the boys uh, all you know improvise, um, uh, the real general genuine characterization came out. So Razorback ends up being this like really charming character. You then get see see get consumed and regurgitated. Uh, and the comments on that episode when it, when it hit online were all like, why does my favorite character always die? And it's so funny looking at it because from my perspective, you know, having seen it from the script phase, I'm like, Razorback's just one guy. Like, he, he's, he's not even like a, you know, these aren't characters yet. You don't know these people. You're projecting them. It's five minutes and there's so many characters in the suits. Um uh, you don't, you know, you don't really get to know anybody really in the first episode. So that informed the second episode where he comes back as a ghost, uh, you know, um, uh, and, and we, we de-emphasized the action element uh, until the, the, um, the finale because uh, those guys were so good in the room that, you know, what was on the page, sure it informed plot, but like their improv informed um so much more of who those characters are like 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 you know if if uh uh if harris uh rip wasn't wasn't playing fucking eight ball again he'd just be another interchangeable soldier guy but but him doing this like really kind of schmarmy <laughs> sort of <laughs> sarcastic asshole uh uh ended up fitting fitting the characters like perfectly um uh, and that influenced my work going forward too. I I don't like, I like working with improvisers. Um, yeah, I love the writing process, I guess, but but uh, uh, it feels so for me as someone who's mostly an illustrator and someone who really is a fan of comedy. You know, and yeah. and, and, and I have a lot of comedian friends. I circle that world. Uh, pretty tightly, uh, at least here in here in LA, and I know, and this is me being self-deprecating. I'm not funny, like, but I know it makes me laugh. And uh, you know, putting people who I know are, are, are amazing improvisers, it's like, yeah, come in, like, fucking please, like, eat my fucking script alive, like, like, do not you oh. know, leave no shred uh, behind, uh, especially if it's appropriate for the show. Um, uh, which is something that, that influenced Mars, something that influenced fucking not everything I've done since then. Like like Fat Duck, there's no there's no improv in Fat Duck, but like Mars is is, is a lot of improv. What's up, buddies? Kayla here, host of the podcast Screen Vomit, which is a movie podcast for geeks and freaks of all kinds, breaking down films from the last 10 years, joined by people in various aspects of the entertainment industry, including musicians, filmmakers, and even several 101ers that y'all know and love, including, but not limited to, Alex Kavitsky, Anna Saragina, and even Todd Donald himself. 
I love movies, you love movies, I've never met a 101er who doesn't know what a movie is, but even if you don't, maybe you'll learn a few things, so check it out, Screen Vomit, wherever you find your podcasts. did a show unfortunately it didn't turn out as good as i wanted it but i my last 101 pilot was a show called space work and i think that show uh, if anyone wanted to go back and listen to it now i think it actually plays well if you're just watching it at home i can tell you for sure it did not do well at the screening which is a bummer because i had some of the best improvisers that i've ever fucking worked with and even the, the name of the show space work that's a pun on improv right? right like you're you're doing some space work uh 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 up on up on stage or whatever where the idea of the show was that me and my buddy alex improvised the whole storyboard and then we got improvisers to come in and play the characters and they improvise all the dialogue so the whole show is built around improv what you don't think about though when you're doing that is that you have the five minute time limit and now you have to uh start start you know shedding stuff and in in this case i cut a show that was too fast paced too too dense with stuff and it did find people that liked it you know i did get feedback from people that thought it was really fucking funny but for the most part especially in that drunken audience uh it didn't work. <laughs> it did not work. It was, it was, it was, uh, it moves at a fucking clip and, uh, uh, you know, but, but, but it had jo- Jonah Ray had fucking, uh, Jeff Davis, yeah, uh, Demoris Brown. Brown. Yeah. Uh, uh, fucking Mike McCaffrey. Um, yeah. Mike McCaffrey, uh, who's so fucking funny. And, it, uh, uh, there's this whole extended sequence where, oh. um, uh, uh, like, like, you find out that Demores and Mike's characters were like in a relationship, and we 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 recorded this like really earnestly sad scene with the two of them uh, getting in a breakup, and it's just so it's it works it works really well. Um, but uh, but if I if I had left in everything that made that pilot work, it would have been like twelve minutes long. Um, right. And uh, uh, you know, and 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 you don't you. you you do it and it doesn't work and then you don't fucking dwell, right? Like, because the whole right. point is the failure. Like, I did three fully animated 101 pilots before anything got in. And they were, none of them were more or less grueling than the previous. That's not true. I just lied to you. One of them was animated with stick figures. That one was less grueling. But for the most part, like, you know, full, you know, and that's something that I've, that I've gotten criticism uh, for from my fellow 101 people is, is the like, you know, the point of this thing is you, you, you know, refine your chops as a storyteller and joke writer, you know, you're supposed to be making them fast um, or else you're, you're kind of going against the spirit of the thing by spending too much effort on it. Uh, or, or, or maybe not, maybe effort's the wrong word, but you're going against the spirit of the thing if you're dwelling on the superficial, right? If, if the point of it isn't to improve as a creator, um, if it is an exercise in effort, you're kind of there for the wrong reasons, uh, which is true. I think that's true. And that also does confirm that I've been there for the wrong reasons, like oh. from jump. But, but, but I, you know, the, the, the way I look at it is I have a certain set of, set of, uh, uh, tools in my tool belt. Um, and, uh, uh, if any of them are good, it, it is, it is this, this dedication to doing like, you know, frame by frame, 
uh, animation, but it's, that's just me compensating for, you know, not being uh, funny or clever. Um, uh, According you know, to it, you. It, it, it's like always throwing rock in, in rock, paper, scissors. You know what I mean? If, if you're, if your solution to everything is more time and effort, yeah, you might, right. uh, you might need to think laterally some more. And, and that's the thing. If I ever do more one-on-one stuff, it won't be, it won't be like what I'd been doing before. It won't be just straight, straight animation. It would be something else. Right. Yeah, I mean, oh god! I mean, there, there's so many uh, right and wrong answers to to why people are are at 101, and also like that there are a lot of cases where there it's both right and wrong. Like 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 if you have the chance to get better at some superficial elements because you're trying to get better at that in general for for other reasons, why not do that if you have the time? Mm-hmm. But like I, I at the same time, that's the great. It's the great uh, uh, limitation of the three to four week time limit. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like, yeah, you, you could spend a year on it if you like, but you only get that amount of time. But and and of course, I, I feel like anyone listening to this probably knows that already. Yeah, sorry. I, I think that in general, creative types need to learn lessons about not being precious about your uh-huh. work. I don't. For me, for and, and one on one helped me with this. Uh. It it is it is fine, and and maybe even healthy, to not feel a hundred percent protective or, like I said, uh, precious about every little thing that you make. And that and that at a certain point, the stuff eventually, if you want to keep moving moving forward and keep making art and keep generating uh, uh, things for an audience. It, it, at a certain point, you have to acknowledge the stuff is trash. It, I, I, I even if I, even if I, even if I fucking painted the Sistine Chapel, right? Unless I then decide to go to go like dig a hole for myself and cover it in dirt and die in the ground, I have to keep moving forward. I have to keep making new new work. So as and, and I have to grow, which means growing beyond whatever it is the last thing you did. And um, uh, I think that one on one really helps you with that. Like that, that fucking reject therapy uh, section of the, of the old yeah. site. And I'm assuming it's part of the new site too. Uh, uh, well, there's something like it where they actually like, they actually do a stream with a panel of, of course. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I was aware of that because it's on the discord. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, that is, uh, you know, you need that as yeah. a creative, you cannot, you cannot keep, you know, every, every failure cannot stop your momentum. You know, you have to, sure. Maybe every once in a while as a treat, you can dip into some self-righteous kind of like, you know, they just don't get me. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm too much of an artist for them. Every once in a while, you can have one of those as a little treat, but for the most part, you're going to get rejected in any circumstance. doesn't matter how brilliant your shit is nine times out of fucking 10. And after a while you have to learn how to not let it sting. And Oh my God, channel one one's great for that. Cause like, like, why are you making this? Well, making it to, to put it in this contest for who, for me, I guess for how much money. Oh, there's no money <laughs> for uh, when do you, how, when do you need to have it done soon? Uh, what do you get? If you, what if you get, if you get, if you, if you succeed, I have to make more of it. What do you get? If you don't succeed, I get fucking nothing. <laughs> I get nothing. Good day, sir. Uh, uh, you, you get to go into a forum or in this case now, a, a, um, a stream, a, 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 you know, an audio chat and, and, and just really try 
to read criticisms of your work about why it didn't get in. And now your job is to not be defensive. Now your job <laughs> is to be the coolest, even though these are all relative. If, if you're, if you're a new submitter anyway, these are all strangers. No one is, no one in that room is your fucking friend. Uh, and, uh, you know, you don't know what the vibe was in the screening. Um, uh, you know, you, you don't know. Uh, 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 I mean, God, I, I guess, I guess for, for the recent stuff, I wonder if they even do an in-person screening. I, I have no idea. Um, but I know for the screens that I've been into so much of what got in came down to who was in that room and what the vibe was, you know right. what I mean? So, so if, if everyone's eager to get to it, cause they have their own shows to finish or, or, or whatever. And, and, and there's a, a kind of sense of, 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 of pride and kind of, you know, elevation of one one as a, as a thing, then like, you know, you might even go to a light screening that month. Like I, I was, I was in the room for, for a uh, uh, a screening that had, I think I think it was even the one that I did the last podcast for the um, the, uh, 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 the the one you referenced earlier. Uh, damn it! Uh, the um, it was March twenty ten for uh, yeah the suits and, three or four. Yeah, and it was a light screening, right? And uh, uh, and uh, you know, I remember the vibe at the time, which is, it's hard to imagine this now, uh, uh, just just because one hundred and one can be so jolly. But the time, just very critical of the other pilots and, and shows that, that were in in, in the uh, in the uh, 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 in the panel meeting, and very much about protecting the kind of like uh, you know the the uh, the brand of Channel One Hundred One from from being seen as a, as something like like for anything other than like quality stuff. Which is funny because that that seems almost antithetical to the other thing of like right. accepting rejection and, and not taking yourself so seriously. But I, I guess there's sort of two sides to that, right? Is like once you're in, then you protect it. I guess I don't know. I can't have that perspective personally. I have to always kind of see my stuff as being disposable, um, uh, because uh, be, well, be, because that that that's what keeps me from taking myself too seriously. And because I think taking yourself too seriously is creative fucking death. Um, uh, you know, you have to find, for me, anyway, from my perspective, anyway, you have to find that that absurd, that absurd um, kind of uh, contradiction between, um, you know, making art that feels real, but also making stuff that doesn't feel like uh, self indulgent or or um, uh, uh, like masturbatory, you know. Yeah, or I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm really, I, I feel like this is, this is not really offering something to what you're saying, but you can, you just gotta fucking like make like David Fincher and swim in the gray. Yeah, in- yeah. Hey, hang out in that. Let it be a little contradictory. Be proud of your work, but not so proud that you um, compromise yourself. Not, not, yeah. not so proud. I've lost fr- no shit. I've lost friendships over the idea over that. Um, well, let's make an episode two anyway. Like no, right. I'm moving on. You know that that show was 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 rejected. I could retool it and submit it again, or I can make something new because that's what improves me as as an, as an artist. Like <laughs> if I keep if I keep polishing this turd and it gets in, uh, you know that that means I just I just um, committed two months of my life to the second episode of a show that I didn't even have a plan for. You know what I mean? Like like yeah. 
like conversations with new 101 people about their fourth, fifth, sixth episode can feel so tedious because right away you're going against the whole spirit of the thing. Don't even right. think about your second episode. <laughs> you know, what I mean? right, and, right, and, right. And, and, and if you're thinking about your second episode, hey, you know what that would probably be? A great first episode. Yeah, but I mean, that's, it, even, it, that's it, even one of Harmon's fucking writing tips was come up with a come up with your very good pilot and then and then make the second episode your pilot. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, I, c- I could believe also the opposite of what I'm about to say, but like when when you when you make and submit your first or second episode between here and finding out about the results, all you really have to think about is the excitement of whether or not you're going to be like satisfied to get have gotten voted back or mm-hmm. or 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 get to grow from from the opposite happening yeah <laughs> like and they're both good like i feel like it's all like winning or losing are both good especially if it has to do with an, an a non-biased voting party which i don't feel like frequency 101 has yet but yeah. in in agreement with what you're saying also like don't ask MC to, to make an episode two if it, get, get, if it got canceled. If you like what his, he does for the right reasons, you'll like the next show. <laughs> exactly. I do, I, seriously, I, I'm, I'm so lucky that um, people remember Fat Duck so much. Cause Let's that, talk that about Fat Duck because, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so, so Fat, Fat Duck was this show. Uh, it was one of the last – it's not the last pilot. It was, it's one of the last pilots I did. Um, it was for one of the first screenings at the new um, uh, venue – uh, so not not one of the first, but it was early on uh, when when it when um, 101 went to uh, the downtown independent. Right. So it, so it changed from being a screen that happened in a bar to a, you know a theater. Yeah. And um, for that reason, even though the Suits is uh, and 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 Toon Wolf are by far my more popular shows, people remember Fat Duck because it was in that environment, and it was in a night where there was a lot of other animation. And it, it had, uh, I mean, I mean, it, I'm not even sure if it holds up as far as the content goes. There, there's some jokes in there that I wouldn't make now. Um, uh, like, like, like specifically there's like a, I'll, and I'll let people watch it if they feel up to it, but there's like specifically like a Nazi joke now that I wouldn't, that I wouldn't do, which is sort of chuckle funny for me in hindsight with the audacity of it. But that was yeah. that, what that whole show was, was, was I was in a weird fucking headspace. I wanted to make something about, I wanted to I wanted to come up with a with a character that I found detestable and then try to kind of make it make that person make sense to me and 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 work for my own experiences and kind of heighten everything, you know, kind of tell a story about a certain kind of millennial type who is a certain kind of sociopathic in a way that I think a lot of the male uh viewers were uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um but 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 in a good way. I I think uh you know, um I had a lot of conversations with McCafferty, who was on the panel at the time, uh, and um, he, you know, he was he was a big, uh, uh, you know, um, proponent for 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 getting that in the screening. Um, uh, at, least, at least that's what he told me. You know, I, I don't, I, I wasn't there, but um, the. Um, uh, it, it's wild to me that people don't talk to me. I mean, I mean, I, like, like, like they'll, you know, the suits will come up sometimes, but like for the most part, especially with newer one-on-one people, they remember fat duck. And, um, uh, you know, it, it was, it was the show that com- that combined uh live action animation where it's about a, uh, it's about a little nerdy uh, sort of uh, perpetually online 
uh, gamer fuckboy duck who gets into an inappropriate relationship with a uh, girl on the internet um, who is live action while he's dating his like hyper religious high school girlfriend um, and has to hang out with her and her mom, who is a giant uh, monster cat's head. And um, uh, you know, it's got talking pigs. It's got uh, obscene fetishes. Uh, it's got, uh, uh, you know, a lot of, it's just a lot of cock and cum in that one. Um, uh, but what, it all, or as one one knows it, bread and butter. I'm just kidding. I, I, I suppose, I don't know. I think I don't, that was that a chap that, yeah, yeah. It had but, no but, foundation. But, uh, sorry. No, no, I, I mean, there, there are definitely a lot of, a lot of, a lot of dick and cum stuff in, 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 uh, one-on-one stuff, but it's always played for laughs. I think it was a bit different having that stuff be there for the uh for the intent of making people feel like either like empathetic guilt or dread like right. there's there's a scene in the car- in, in the cartoon where like the main character like accidentally like orgasms uh on 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 his uh fucking uh uh unsuspecting girlfriend who he's cheating on and it's not played for laughs except for that it's happened right the funny part is that i made it like the funny part isn't what's on the screen it's like why would anyone do this like like you know i'm self-aware of that at the time because that's what i think is funny is creating a sort of object uh an art an art object that that shouldn't exist um and 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 uh uh the uh the i feel grateful um that even though I made all this other kind of like nerdier, a bit more accessible stuff that my, my foray into doing something um, maybe a bit more on brand for me, as far as like something maybe like a little bit upsetting and a little bit melancholy, still, still kind of funny. Um, uh, it was cool seeing that resonate with people. It was also really gratifying, uh, not, not gratifying, really um, lucky that even though it, it, it created a lot of conversation and it, it didn't get a lot of votes, which is great because if they, if that had gotten a second episode, I don't know what I was going to do. Like there, I didn't have an episode two in my head when I made it. Like I knew right. I, I knew I'd want to hang out with the characters some more, but like, you know, I, 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 when when your whole show is built on on um being kind of confrontational and making a character who is embodied by self-loathing it's not like it's hard to be stoked to want to make more of that right like like right. it's it, you know it it would it, would, uh, it definitely was not a feel good show to work on uh but i'm happy that i made it um i actually uh and, and i kind of want to like make a make a new one. I want to, I want to make like a, like a remake, like a follow up uh, someday. I have a whole board uh, storyboard that I, that I drew out of a kind of like uh, spiritual fat duck too. Um, that, that, uh, that is more about um, uh, cause, cause I, I made that show right before streaming was really uh, uh, right, right before video game streaming was really right. a thing. And I realized that character was supposed to always be that it, there's, that wasn't just, it, wasn't, it just wasn't a thing that happened yet. Like fat, sad, fuck boy gamer types didn't really have a thing to do yet other than just be on forums and, 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 and whatnot. Um, uh, uh, 
whereas whereas i think now that character makes a bit more sense right, right. like 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 you know like you'll hear like like i remember there was a thing a, a, year, a couple uh, years ago where like gaming streamers kept cheating on their wives like it, it, it become almost <laughs> funny and i'm like oh man i made my i made my cartoon too soon this is what that should have been about um uh, uh is this exact thing of like of like fucking uh uh, sad nerds feeling so like counting their lucky stars for getting any kind of attention, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, getting so fucking lost in the sauce of, 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 uh, of, of their ego that they like fully like shit the life bed in front of an audience, you know, like that's, that's funny and interesting to me. So I, I'd like to revisit, uh, I, I'd like to revisit the world of, uh, sad horny boys again uh someday um which is so far from anything i'm doing like right right now uh, you know uh there's always a tinge of like some kind of melancholy to to my stuff but um i would like to at, at some point make another weird kind of animated uh uh a- a- animated like psychosexual sadness opera which is the only way i could think to describe that cartoon <laughs> Oh, like the realest places that anything can come from you or or anybody making stuff for one on one or anywhere in that for that matter. But it's like, I mean, you know, I think when it comes to comedy, if you're if you're writing from a place that you know more than mm-hmm. anyone else, you know, uh, it's it's kind of like that. That's that's where the really good humor is going to come from. I think. Yeah, it, it, it was hard even uh, to to not be. Uh, but both extremely proud of that show, but also very self-conscious of how it might affect people's like view of me. I almost wanted to, to almost preempt people and be like, Hey, I'm so glad you like the show. I'm not that character. Uh, you know, I, I, right. uh, uh, how are you? <laughs> you know, um, uh, because, uh, you know, there, there's, there's, uh, I, I, like I said, I, I, a little bit of my own personal experiences are in there. Uh, but, uh, for example, there's a scene where he puts a fucking vibrator up his butt. Not a thing I do, not a thing <laughs> I've done. Uh, uh, couldn't tell you what that's like, but it was, it was funny to me and it felt like it resonated with who the character was that he would, um, be such a control freak in his life. So as to like live this double life and, and, and hide things and manipulate his girlfriend, but also so submissive at the same time that he'd like give his other, you know, the other person that he's talking to like control over, like over his life that like the idea of like a remotely power, you know, operated fucking butthole vibrator felt like the, like a, like that, that in that show, that's a, that's a, that's a plot device. That's a storytelling tool. Um, that was my way of getting a character who is, who is, uh, you know, hundreds of miles away in the narrative, uh, into the scene. Um, but, uh, but but at the same time, like because again, I'm very aware that people can see the parallel between me and the character. I did want to be like I, again, promise not this dude. Um, however, however, the the, the one uh, you know, like all the things that happen to the characters and that are all based on anecdotes, having people I know, right? Like mm-hmm. like because uh, I've known some real fucking dirt bags, and they tell me what they got up to. So I work their you know their experiences that I couldn't connect with personally into the story. Like, like there's a part in the end. I feel like we can relate on that. Sorry. Yeah. 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 There's a scene at the end uh, where he tells a story about, you know, uh, when he's a kid, like, like, like peeing on another kid and calling it like his, you know, proton pack from Ghostbusters or whatever. Uh, Obviously he didn't do that, but this, this fucking 
dirt bag uh, that I went to uh, to uh, school with when I was like like you know like six seven uh, that I ended up knowing all through high school uh, did that and uh, in the and he uh, he uh, went to prison uh, and he is now a uh, a, a white nationalist so whoa uh, cool yeah so obviously obviously like not really appropriate for the character duck. He is a piece of shit. He's not a white nationalist, but, but like kind of collecting these stories from people where the end of the story can't be. And that's why I think I'm a good person and be like, why do people do stuff like that? Like, why, why do people, why do people sort of like, like, uh, do these things that they know are wrong, which, which I can relate to, you know, which that's why I made the cartoon, which is about this, you know, this person who's doing something that he knows is wrong, but he's still trying to be like a quote unquote good person. But what does that even fucking mean? Um, uh, you know, the, the I, I didn't I didn't know what I was reckoning with at the time, but now in hindsight, I know that what I, that, that what I was trying to communicate was the sense of like male entitlement and like male mediocrity, like right. the idea I don't actually have to try to be better, but I'm going to tell you I'm trying to be a good person, even though I can't provide you with any evidence of what I even mean by that or what I'm doing to be a good person. I do somehow vaguely feel entitled to saying that I am one. Um, and, and that's what I was trying to express because I, I felt that way about myself, you know, and, and th- that, and that's the part that, uh, that resonated with me about the character. Um, the other, the other element of it that, that is real is, uh, in real life. And this isn't really an element of the show, but in, in, uh, and, and forgive me, this might be t- TMI, uh, for your audience, but I, I lost my virginity to somebody who, uh, who I had initially only a, f- a relationship with over the phone and they, they only even talked to me because they got like, like an incorrect number from someone else. Like somebody, somebody had given them their number, uh, saying it was theirs, but it ended up being, you know, my number. Um, and so that's the, that's the other little kernel of truth there. But I was also dating like a, like a hyper religious person in high, in, in high school and stuff. So th- those details are the same, but like, the darkness of that show is not reflective of my experience and, 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 and is, is all there to, to emphasize this idea of the kind of like hostility that comes from just having to deal with dudes, you know, at all, you know what I mean? And, and, and it's from the perspective of a guy, but like, the, his actions aren't making any fucking sense. So I don't know. I, I feel a little narcissistic going on this long about this fucking show, but it's probably the one-on-one show I put the most thought into. Like yeah. Brendan Campbell helped me write it because I, 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 I mean, it, you know, I didn't need help with the actual writing of it, but just sending him drafts and being like, what is the show I'm making? Like, what is that? Like, like, it, <laughs> you know, there was, there was a version of it where he had to hang out with his girlfriend's dad and that was this whole other weird thing because, like, the, the joke there was that the dad was, like, him. Like, he was also, like, a big, fat duck guy. Uh, uh, and it was almost like he was seeing his own father and seeing, you know, and that was this whole other tangent. And scrap that. And for, for a one-on-one show that, you know, aren't supposed to take, like, a long time, I went after revision after revision after revision, uh, uh, you know. Uh, I, 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 oh, I temporar- art is seductive, man. Art, yeah. Making art makes you want to love making it in a way that might not be welcome to the thing you're making it for. Mm-hmm. But but I'm I'm happy with the the with the the final product. It just even just in that it's memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, it also feels like a story. Like sometimes I go back to my old stuff, 
I'm like, oh man, this is moving so fast and so dense. Uh, and, uh, I, I, I can't connect with how I made this anymore. I don't like how it looks anymore. Ah, you know, but, but, but fat duck is, is one where I'm like, okay, this feels like I'm in a show. It feels like I'm being told a story. Um, it doesn't feel like a, uh, like a, a self-indulgent exercise of putting colors and lights on a, on a screen and having things blow up and, and, you know, everyone yell and jump, which is, which is important too. Like, like, you know, that kind of, those kind of experiences are good too, but, but not always, you know, I don't want, I don't want to always be in full nerd mode all the time. Uh, uh, I, uh, when you, when you engage with like cartoons, comics, you, you know, uh, tabletop games, uh, video games, all that stuff, Sometimes, uh, sometimes you, you need you need breaks from excessive superficiality and like hang out in like a in like a kind of emotionally real place, even if it's sort of ugly or whatever. Honestly, I I I love it, especially knowing what you just told me about it, because like I mean that that that, that it's human as fuck. Alien Control is wild because because that, that was uh, for some reason Schraub was down to to do a voice in that one and that, we weren't really close yet at that point you know what I mean I just I just knew him you know I had his fucking email and shit and mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know uh, I'm not uh, that one that show there's nothing wrong with it I'm not, I'm not again not trying to be self deprecating not not the one that holds up the best in my eyes um, not even sure why it got into the screening. <laughs> Uh, however, uh, I'm happy that it did. And I've gotten the, we- I got the weirdest fucking compliments, uh, after that show, which, which, which is, it, which is a weird, um, uh, mental space to be in where, you know, someone offers you like a compliment, like, Oh yeah, man, like I, I loved your show. I would, you know, uh, to, to like tell you know telling me the, like that that yeah I would I would totally beat off to that or something you know something like that and be like okay well cool good um maybe the next time you have that thought don't say it out loud to a person but I appreciate that you felt safe in saying it to me and I'm also now curious what I can change about myself to make that never happen again <laughs> um, uh, yeah but. But 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 I re- I appreciated that people liked it and it got it got you know it got people curious to work with me that hadn't just because of just because of how I drew hot girls which which is which is I mean you know like I, I tried to kind of put like a sensitivity in that show but it, w- it was a little misguided and weird and um but uh, but uh, uh, you know what what is what is this uh, whole uh, pursuit if not sometimes just an excuse to motivate yourself to finish something misguided and weird you know right well in the creative world sense um like you know there are there are threads of your anime your your illustration style that that you know will appear again later in every in everything else you did even though of course everything else is different and gets better in different ways and changes in other ways but it's like um you know it it look i guess from a retrospective point it's like you know this is this this would have been the calling card that heralded the I don't know maybe maybe I'm just talking out of my ass but I think the next thing that's on the 101.com is um, the suits so yeah like, it, it, and and it was it was cool because Rob Rob's thing was like man you know I, I love your stuff but it's always black and white and we can get some color in there without having to like color it and, and he brought in Stephen Chun to do backgrounds and he, and then he and Kate 
composited all the episodes in After Effects, which which is which I I fully just incorporated that into my work moving forward. Um, ironically, you know, at the time I was almost sort of like scared of color. Um, I felt like I didn't have a very good sense of color. I felt like whenever I colored anything, I hated it. And the irony now is something switched. And now I like color all my work compulsively. Like, like if I do it, I shouldn't say now, I might not do this forever, but lately anyway, I've been through like a weird sort of trend of, being like, okay, I'm going to lay this out. I'm going to do my inks and then I'm going to move on to the next step. Cause I can't, you know, and then I'll catch myself compulsively coloring it. Uh, just Cause I, you know, very eager to see a finished product, which was not the case in the past. Um, I would, I would look at, I would look at uh, drawing the stuff as the fun part and then coloring was homework. And right. um, it's nice that that, that to, to not, to be on the other end of that and have it no longer feel um, intimidating. However, the downside of that is because I hadn't done much of it before. Now my color work all looks like, uh, like the way the comics used to be colored in, in like the late nineties, early two thousands, where it's like very obviously Photoshop where it might look decent, but like the gradient is too digital and you know, the colors are like super saturated. Um, cause, uh, 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 I found a way to make that look work for me, but I'm gonna have to evolve past that too because it also looks pretty. The stuff can look pretty antiquated. Um, <laughs> well, I, uh, I, it's weird. I, I, I think as time goes by, like that feeling can change because sometimes, like you think of like the mid 2000s movies, like they're so high contrast and high saturated. What's the point of that? Mm-hmm. There's so much more gray now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, uh, um, the. It, these are the reasons for sure that, that I used to find this stuff so intimidating because people have opinions about, about color. Like, like, you know, you can, you can, you can draw the most like immaculate, uh, perfect drawing, but if the colors suck, everyone, you know, people notice right away. Uh, but, but that's, you know, right now I'm, I'm at a, I'm at a point where I feel confident enough in it where, uh, where, uh, uh, it's hard to care what other people uh, feel. And, and I think if I were to come back with uh, a, a new one-on-one show, uh, color will be a big feature. Whereas, whereas my last thing space work, it was almost kind of a, a jump back to when I was doing the more strict black and white stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, I'd love to do something that looks a lot more uh, 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 for lack of a better word, uh, like like something that looks more daring and kind of bright and a bit more, a bit more in keeping with like uh, the sort of like one-on-one aesthetic of the stuff that I like, you know, like, like, like Twiggers is colorful. Googie is colorful. Fucking, uh, um, Oh hell. Uh, the, uh, goddamn robot one, uh, fucking, uh, uh, I'm blanking on the name of it <laughs> right now that the, the, uh, the uh, Brennan and, and the, um, the Duncan's, uh, show, uh, uh, I keep wanting to say, um, Metabots because I've been watching Metabots lately. That's not right. Gigabots. Gigabots. Thank you. Thank you. I'm like Neobots, Zigabots. What, what was it? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Fucking, fucking Gigabots is like one of my favorite shows, one one ever. And that show is colorful as fuck. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But, uh, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm ever going to do another one, man. Uh, maybe, maybe one day. Um, I want to, I keep, I kept, I kept saying I would, and I had, I would have like, st- I would have projects that would start and not get finished. Um, uh, but, uh, for, for, for various reasons, you know, ne- never one, uh, never one reason, 
But um, I know that if I do come back, it's going to be with something very different from anything else I've done in, in both content and style. And uh, that it'll be very colorful and it'll be something that I mostly do by myself. Because what I don't want to do is I don't want to like keep starting up like collaborations that end up like going nowhere, you know? Right. Um, uh, that feels bad. Like when you start a project and like a lot of collaborators are hinged on it and then it doesn't get done, uh, it feels like you left those people down, you know, they donated their time or whatnot. And I feel, I feel like I've, I've been too cavalier with other people's free time <laughs> in the past. Um, so if I do something else, I'll, I want, I want to kind of do uh, something that's just mine and maybe at, maybe make room for a collaboration in the future. Is it fair to say that it's similar that like when I make frequency one-on-one shows, the only thing that I don't do is act. Well, I mean, I mean, that's how I feel about the, about, again, about the fucking the comedy thing where it's like, like, and you know, I, I, that's why I like working with improvisers and shit. Cause, right. cause I don't see myself as a comedy writer. Whereas you're like, Oh, I'm not an actor. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna act in this yeah. thing. Well, yeah, no, I, I, I resonate with that hardcore. Like I, if, if I could actually open up my writing more to like letting funny people be funnier than I can write it, that that's the best. Yeah. You get to put your name on it with it. Um, listen, I, I, uh, I don't want to keep it for too much longer, but I do think that, and I'll link people. There's actual alien control, the suits, Toon Wolf, Legend of the White Tiger, Mars, Googie, Dino Teens, Fat Duck, Henry's Farm and Space Burke. And all these shows have the animator, uh, stamp of MC Griffin, who's also credited as creator for shows, actor for shows, director, writer, animator, digital effects, illustrator, music. Um, you 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 dare to do all the things, and I love yeah. that. I love the versatility of of a of a you know soon to be soon to be off the web or soon enough to be off the web. Channel101.com uh, talent pages. Channel101.org is now the website. It's all moving there, but. You can check all this stuff out there, and I insist you do because I love it, and 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 you know that that's gone into, um, you know the relationship that we had before we even started talking, which was I I I love your work and it brought me joy and entertained me uh, quite a bit, man. I, I I don't want I don't know how else I could put that. I, I there's a lot of gratitude. Oh, thank you so much. I I really I really appreciate it. Uh, I'll uh. I'll try to I'll try to to to, to continue to deserve that. <laughs> uh, hopefully, I mean, you know, uh, even that felt weird to say. I I I I I will I will I will endeavor to deserve that. Thank you. <laughs> I get it. I get what you're feeling <laughs> when you say that. Yeah. Um, let's talk about this game one more time. You have a tabletop mm. game coming out. It's called Fatal Familiar. It is a um, tabletop role playing game akin to you know. D and D, fucking cyberpunk, fate, whatever. Uh, but but what I will say is, like a D and D or a or a or a you know fucking Shadowrun or whatever, you can play it from the perspective of being like uh, tactical in your combat or whatever. But it also shares elements of, of more kind of loose tabletop games like Fate, where um, you can you can play it with softer rules or you can interchange you can have one person who's more about the tactics side and one person's more about the, who's more about the role playing side it's very it's a very um versatile system for different kinds of players because i wanted to be able to include as many different kinds of players in the games that i ran as i could uh it is it is um 
setting agnostic. Uh, you know, you you don't have to play it in any one kind of setting. If you want to set it in modern times uh, with uh, you know characters who catch ghosts, that's fine. Uh, if you want to set it in, you know, a Pokemon type world where it has its own sort of rules and creatures and shit, you can. Um, the the game system is fully illustrated, and I have my own kind of official Fatal Familiar setting called Elsewhere, which is like um, uh, a futuristic uh, setting where the familiars are like imaginary creatures brought to life called figments that are, that people create by like you know, like meditating or pulling them from their dreams or whatever, these kind of like living sort of tulpas that uh, they can manifest uh, physically. Um, So all of the art and examples in the book is based on that setting. However, the player can make their own, they can make their own familiars. They can make their own creatures. All the, all the rules in there are pretty simple. And um, the, the, uh, the game requires like, you know, very brief explanation for, for game masters, pretty, uh, pretty easy to learn. Or, I mean, I, I guess I'll really know that when I get in, get in the hands of more people, but, uh, but you know, my, my, uh, uh, uh my sister's, uh, fucking 16 year old ran, ran, uh, 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 you know, me, her mom and, uh, uh, her sibling through a campaign and she was able to do it. So if you think you have this, you know, at least a fucking, you know, 16 year olds, uh, uh, ability to handle, you know, game systems and stuff. You should be good. Um, uh, what else can I tell you? Oh yeah. And, and yeah, for, I mentioned at the top, but for people who love, you know, one-on-one and kind of the figures within one-on-one, uh, uh, get, get the, uh, you know, and, and you just want to look at some cool art or if you think you'd be interested in playing it, um, uh, go to that Indiegogo for Fatal Familiar and get the Confrendium, which is uh, uh, additional, cre- uh, you know, because the, the base game is 50, uh, has 50 f- uh, familiars, and the Confrendium adds more. Um, uh, there, there's there's 30 right now, 30 uh, additional creatures, and they include p- ones conceived of by 101 people like Mike Chillian, like uh, like Brian Weissel, like you know Demores Brown, like uh, fucking Willie Willie and Wade, uh, 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 um, oh I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody huge, but you you got the idea, you get mm-hmm. it. Uh, where, uh, you know, and, and also people that I've worked in, in animation with, uh, uh, you know, um, in my own work, uh, you often see me collaborating with this guy, Brian Newton. Uh, he's one of the, uh, uh, he's one of the directors on Rick and Morty and he directed the pilot for the show. Uh, and he's going to have a creature in there. So, uh, yeah, just like sort, sort of a, sort of a, a way to kind of bring the different worlds I've gotten to kind of have my fingers in all together and, and help me make something fucking weird. Um, uh, I, I really hope that your, your listeners at least go take a look at it uh, and uh, uh, share it with somebody that they think that, that, you know, they think would, would like it. Um, Cause uh, it's been my, it's been my, uh, my labor of love for the last uh, uh, grip of years. Uh, uh, you know, while I work on other stuff, obviously I haven't just been like, fucking obsessively typing away at this game. The game is, is simple, but it's, it's been my, it's my free time thing. It's been my side thing. My, my, my excuse to see, to, to maintain relationships with friends over the pandemic, yeah. for example, a lot of, a lot of uh, sessions playing it over, over discord and zoom and shit. Um, yeah. 
Well, I've I've been scrolling through the the Indiegogo page as a visual companion uh, mm. to the like. <laughs> sometimes I go to a place where I just think I'm listening to the podcast, but I'm like, oh no, I'm yeah. in this. Um, <laughs> I'm supposed to talk after he's done. Uh, uh, God mm. damn it! Um, but I there's a um, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can uh, get the the one on one Instagram to promote to promote it uh, with that image at the bottom. Um, as a part of promoting oh, yeah. this this conversation, and um, one thing I want to say to the listener is, uh, in this period of late March 2022, if you're listening to this when this goes up, there's a good chance that uh, you can hear more of uh, Aaron and Adam and whoever is on the Patreon podcast talking about Fat Duck and everything else that was on that screening. So it's like you can round out the world by listening to this, which you are, which is awesome. And and within the same amount of time, the conversation that or the chat that you're about to have with Wade and Willie on real life sci-fi will be out. These are mm-hmm. all lots of MC Griffin coming at you. Uh, I just I just sent you a quick exclusive. What do you, what do you think of that guy? What do you think of that of that of that gent? I, I just sent a, a picture of one of the familiar cards into the, into the Discord <laughs> chat. That's wicked. Is that a split tongue or is that he has two tongues? I, your guess is as good as mine, man. I don't, I don't get it either. Uh, <laughs> uh, how would you, if you had to describe this creature, does that, for like an, for, because it's an audio uh, medium, how, how would you describe that guy? <laughs> <laughs> well, in, uh, in, like the, the eye sockets seem to be just the orifices where paws come out holding eyes. Um, it's, like a, it's like a dog monkey. Um, head with fa- with sharp fangs. Uh, it's a disembodied head, mind you, that walks on its two tongues. Uh, so if any of that sounds cool to you, <laughs> get in there. You know, fucking five bucks, fifteen bucks. This this creature could be yours. You know, you could have. I, I mean, yeah, look, it's just a PDF right now, but that, that's also your computer's in your home. So if it's in your computer, that's in your home or in your phone, uh, <laughs> you can print it out if you want, you know, and look at it and revere it and look, be like, hey, that's got two tongues. And that's how he gets, that's how he wants around. <laughs> I, I, I love it. I, uh, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm editing myself in my head because I know this is going to be my <laughs> first you know attempt at live off the floor podcasting um listen man it's uh i hope i hope that we stay in touch if you like mm-hmm. but uh i had a totally. great time chatting with you and um uh yeah i'm i'm all down for people checking out uh hopefully buying uh their share of fatal familiar yeah they, they can also just look at it that's fine that's fine by me i i i i uh uh uh, I would like the money, but I, I just also just want people to know about it. You know, like no one, no one, people know me as an animator and illustrator and stuff. But no one really knows me as a game designer. So I have to at least like have a period of not shutting the fuck up about it for a little bit. And then eventually the people will be like, oh, feel familiar. That's by that fucking guy. Um, cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you could see that. But if you don't buy this, you're a piece of shit. And no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, no, no, I, I think I think your audience uh, deserves good things and not this abuse that you subject them to. <laughs> uh, you know, hey, look, like that's just me. I'm just putting them out there. I'm not trying to influence anyone's anyone's. Uh, they teach, uh, teach their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like you're hearing two voices. You decide which one of them is more your friend. The one that wants you to have a nice game, or the one that's hostile to you, and then spend your money appropriately. 
I call uh, it the good. I don't know what projects you have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me on, man. It was it was cool to. Uh, 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 I, I, I hope I hope people enjoy me sort of pontificating at length and kind of veering into like you know uh, philosophical tirades a little bit. But one one on one somehow uh, very specifically pulls that out of me. There's there's something yeah. there's something about Channel One One that makes me a bit more introspective and emotional. I think it's I think it's because it's, it's tied so much to like what I was doing before I was you know like like uh, I was doing Channel One One right after I got fired from a video store and before I got any kind of professional gig so like it's this weird era where I'm more or less adrift and kind of figuring shit out and you know trying to figure out what I'm doing while living in like a cramped studio apartment so it always has this. Uh, this, uh, it, it always exists in this in this very specific place in my in my brain. I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. This podcast features music used with permission from the Hollow Scene EP by Postmodern Machine. Available wherever you get Bandcamp.com but please visit postmodernmachine.com. This has been Primetime Flies, a Channel 101 podcast hosted by Todd Donald. Thanks for listening. <laughs>